Hello, welcome to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. We've reached episode 99, and I thought it would be sort of appropriate or maybe a good time to give a bit of a background on um, on myself and, and the podcast and how sort of it, it came to fruition and how it evolved to uh, what it became today. Maybe a little bit about my journey, my squash journey. Uh uh, it's been a huge part of my life, uh, squash has been, uh, since my junior years. Uh, most sports, I, I played a lot of sports growing up, and they were part part of my upbringing. Uh, many different sports in my younger years I played at a reasonable level. I played at the provincial level, uh, lacrosse for Nova Scotia, swam competitively with really good results. Uh, you'd think, uh, well, hockey is a rite of passage in uh, for Canadian boys, and um I did, and girls now, actually, uh, but I did play, and I did, you know, I, I wasn't that bad of a player, but didn't have a great passion for it, and um, I, I do remember the time where uh, my uncle, he introduced me to the game, he was one of the better players in Atlantic Canada in the early 80s, and I think it was on a visit to them where he took me out to play some squash, and I really, really liked the vibe, the people that I met at the club, there were other juniors around, so... I got to meet them and became friends with them and ultimately uh, competed against them over the years, as it turned out. But uh, from that introduction, I spent uh, thereafter countless of hours on the court, either by myself or with other senior members at the club, like uh, many of the players, many of us who've played it since juniors uh, have done over the years. And uh, my racket skills developed from an early age. And... Um, during that time at the club, one of the members who was, I think he was a member of the, maybe it might have been Graham Waters, he was a member of the uh, Squash Nova Scotia uh, committee. He encouraged me to play in the Provincial Junior Championships. And uh, I think, you know, there weren't many actual squash playing juniors in Nova Scotia at that time. There were there were a few, but uh, uh, the guy who won in my age group anyways the previous year was a, a very good tennis player, number one tennis player, I think, in the province uh, at under 12. His name is Rob uh, Weatherston. I saw him last summer, actually. He still plays a bit of squash and still, uh, I think he's the top uh, tennis player for his age in the province still. Uh, but anyways, the winner of that match, as it was in the previous year, would represent Nova Scotia. Uh, at the national championships and at that time I believe it was 83 or 84 maybe 83 uh, they would have been in Ajax Ontario uh, and I managed to win that event I think it was a 3-1 a pretty close match and from then and I think this uh, holds true for a lot of players who uh, got hooked on the game as a junior that that little victory kind of generated all the momentum uh, I needed to stick with the game and like many others uh, who've experienced success at it at that young age, it, uh, my passion for squash was, uh, I guess, really born out of that that early victory and that early experience uh, at the nationals in Ajax, which was amazing. Um, I did manage to win a couple of rounds there, but I got hammered eventually by one of the really uh, strong Ontario uh, junior players. They have a really, I, I, they have a very deep uh, squash tradition there. I think the guy played, I lost to, his name was David Sage. Um, not sure if he's still playing, but he had, a, he had a pretty good game. He really hammered the ball, if I remember correctly. Had all the skills and uh, sort of showed me uh, what I needed to work on, and I tried to do that after all those matches that I played at the national level. 
but what sticks out with me uh, the most of, uh, about that trip was in, uh, I was billeted with another guy in, in the under 12 age group. His name is um, Darren Thompson. And for anyone from the BC or Western Canada area, you definitely know Darren. And we became very close friends. I think it was his first nationals as well. And uh, ever since then, we we've been close friends. We've uh, we still chat to this day. And um, he went on to do really great things. We actually both represented our provinces at provincial team championships and uh, national championships. So we'd always meet up every year. But that was the first year. And I think every subsequent year. To that, we'd meet up either at junior nationals or afterwards uh, senior nationals. And those are the, I mean, these are the types of situations that uh, I think all the, even the top players in the world, they they probably, everyone goes through them. You meet people, you see them every year, you have, you build these friendships. And uh, these friendships, as uh, with everyone who plays our great game, they last forever. And uh, really, that's what uh, has kept me so involved and so passionate about the game during this time. Now, uh, my junior my junior squash was, for Nova Scotia anyways, was quite prolific, I, I, I would say. I, I won pretty much uh, every age group, even in the Atlantic Junior events. Uh, I had a couple of uh, guys who guided my, my squash, uh, the late John Salmon. Um, he was a military man, and uh, he helped me along uh, during that time, uh, spent a lot of time with me, as did uh, uh, Graham Waters, who you might know as one of the, uh, I think he's a world uh, world official. He used to referee a lot of the, the big PSA events and a great coach by the name of, and a great player by the name of uh, David Bevan, who was Canadian national over 35 champion. And he reigned in uh, Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada at the open level for many of those early uh, I guess it was in the mid to yeah early to mid 80s is when he would dominated the the scene here and he spent a bit of time with me and uh, uh, helped me along uh, as well as um, with the other senior open players he he was a coach to them but uh, for me the transition uh, from junior to senior was not very uh, was not seamless it I had some some decent wins but it took me a long time uh, to find the drive uh, that I that was required in order for me to compete at a higher, uh, more physical level. Maybe a lot of it was mental too, mental immaturity, not able to switch uh, to that next gear. Meanwhile, I watched a lot of uh, the juniors that I was beating uh, uh, achieve better results than me. So that was sort of discouraging and um, didn't really, uh, at the time, didn't really find it within me to overcome that. But after winning a few provincial open events and finally I did reach number one in Nova Scotia in the senior rankings for a short time, uh, that desire to work harder uh, came back and the results began to, uh, to surface uh, for me. And a, uh, a new chapter in my, my squash career, I guess you could call it, uh, took place in around 1995. That was when um, myself and uh, Nova Scotia provincial team teammate of mine, uh, Keith Boyle, we left Nova Scotia, left Canada. We landed in, in Korea, Seoul. Uh, I, I uh, landed in Seoul teaching at a, a college there. And uh, Keith Boyle was in Busan, and um, Busan, South Korea, the southern part of the country. 
and the both of us came uh, became really immersed in the the infant Korean squash scene there at the time. It's uh, grown significantly since then, but uh, I managed to uh, to land a great little sideline to my college teaching position as the uh, the club pro at uh, the Grand Hyatt Seoul and another club with just nearby, just around the corner, called the uh, the Seoul Club, and positions which I held there until I left uh, until I left Seoul couple of the things that that we did uh, each weekend uh, I would host uh, in Seoul at the uh, we'd host uh, training sessions for the the members of the Korean national team uh, the current Korean national team coach Ku Ryun Hue was one of the guys who would show up for those sessions and uh, he became a really good really close friend of mine and we were uh, regular training partners we'd compete in all or many of the tournaments uh, and uh, Keith Boyle and I, uh, actually, at the time, we managed to play in two consecutive uh, Korean Open finals, uh, both which of which went five games and both uh, which I managed uh, to win. Uh, they were big wins for me because Keith had uh, had reached number one in Atlantic Canada and uh, in Nova Scotia for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, we were both still in our mid to late 20s at the time so uh relatively fit and uh, and strong and uh he may have been slightly un- unfit at, at that time but uh i'd also found my way with with my squash so we both had plenty uh plenty riding on that tournament um keith being uh based in busan had had the uh had the busan boys uh with him he was sort of representative of, of that group and i uh it was sort of busan gibson sort of busan boyle soul gibson and uh both events were held at the grand hyatt at my club so there were a lot of members and management around supporting so a little bit of extra pressure uh, i think on me but um anyways the rivalry rivalry uh between me and keith at that time uh in korea was quite an intense uh for me and uh but also uh, it was the after party w- with boyle which was also uh amazing as well keith left uh, uh korea in I think it was 97 and from that point on it was just sort of me and the Korean squash scene sort uh, developed into something uh quite big now. I mean they've got uh, a huge training center there in uh, in Incheon and uh it it's uh they're doing great things. Obviously their their players haven't made a especially the men haven't made much of a mark on on the pro game but they they keep trying, they keep working hard at it. The women have had some some success uh but not not great success so uh, hopefully uh that will all come to fruition because they do work hard there on their squash now uh right now uh i'm in uh, the united arab emirates where i've been uh since 2007 I'm still here I'm still there today uh squash in the uae when i arrived was uh was excellent uh there was uh there were leagues uh there was a premier league which i eventually got uh invited to play in to play for one of the teams i played for the team of uh, alain which is one of the emirates uh, in the uae and i played for uh that team along with a guy by the name of gavin pennington an australian who had played uh, and i think he defeated david palmer as a junior there uh, back in australia and we managed to to uh win the league in 2010 uh, since 2011, though, the league ceased to exist. I pretty much stopped playing. I took up golf for a couple of years, but I, I'm back uh, back playing now, and uh, it's quite enjoyable. 
uh, to be back out playing. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, competing at, uh, you know, the master's level, like many people are with the thriving uh, master scene. Now, that's my uh, my squash uh, backstory. Now, the, the podcast backstory, uh, sort of the, it was born out of um, an idea that I had after I'd written a book on language teaching with a colleague of mine. And uh, one of the follow-up things that we were going to do with that book was create a podcast kind of related to some of the things that we'd written about in in the book. And uh, as things, as these things uh, turn out, sometimes uh, you kind of lose interest or you you kind of, things just sort of, uh, uh, you don't follow up on things. So what happened was um, I did manage to reconsider the idea after a couple of years once the book had been published and been out there for a couple of years, uh, we decide, I decided to maybe revisit the podcast idea within the, the book. And then uh, at the time, I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts. And one of the things uh, that I'd noticed was, and I've mentioned this several times on, on the podcast, uh, that um, there weren't any, at the, this may have been about 2013, 14 Back at that time, there weren't any squash podcasts that put out updated or weekly or, you know, weekly uh, podcasts like a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. They come out uh, with episodes once or twice uh, a week. And those are that's what I'd like to to hear. That's what I was hoping for in terms of squash. But there were a couple of out there. James Zug, he has a very good podcast. Uh, there was another one called Squash Radio. I'm not sure who... Uh, was involved in that but I think it was a U.S. squash initiative which was quite good the stories were really interesting and uh, you know uh, gave me some ideas but I I just felt that uh, why not do one on my own which I could put out once every week uh, or so and uh, so I I investigated how to uh, set up a podcast you know as you do just do a YouTube search or whatever and figure out what you have to do to set it up and um I know enough people uh, in order to sort of get thing get the ball rolling, and I uh, put out a, a couple of feelers there, and uh, managed to land uh, Neil Harvey as my my first episode. He's uh, living in Nova Scotia, where I'm from now, so I uh, made contact with him. We're friends on Facebook. I sent him a a quick message, and uh, the rest is history. And the podcast is now at uh, episode uh, 100. So I'm hoping to keep this going. And I really appreciate uh, everyone who's listened, uh, provided uh, comments for me, suggestions, all the guests that have come on. I'm, I mean, they've every episode I've really uh, honestly uh, enjoyed it. And it's come now to episode 100 with uh, my own uh, personal squash hero. Uh, he's a guy, um, Jonathan Power. During that time when I was in Korea, uh, things started to become more uh, you could you could see the game a lot more. It was on on the Star Sports on the TV a little bit, but then uh, YouTube had become uh, more prolific at at the time, and uh, we could see a lot of the matches online. And that's uh, right around that time when the when the nickel uh, power rivalry started to uh, evolve. And um, Jonathan Power is my one hundredth guest, one uh, hundredth episode, and. Uh, Really looking forward to uh, to sharing that episode with you and uh, sharing future episodes with you. So everyone, thank you so much uh, for listening over these uh, over the last year and a half. And um, I know you're going to enjoy 
the 100th episode, which is upcoming shortly after this one. Thank you. Goodbye now.